welcome back. This is DC TV. It is Entertainment Talks DC TV podcast covering the CW, the CW's uh, DC TV shows. I'm your host as always, Matthew, and joining me today is Robert. How, how are you doing today? Doing good. It's a crisp, cold morning here in the States. We had a low of negative five last night, so that's always fun. Okay, nice. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, um... It's been it's been an interesting morning. Um, so yeah, should we talk? Should we talk about these episodes? This is yeah. For, um, yeah, first one is the Flash season three episode nine, which is called the present because we're going back to the present rather than time traveling different places. And uh, well, he he travels to different places, but not necessarily time travels. But um, this was a pretty great episode for for the Flash. Um, did I just say Arrow? So it's for the Flash season three episode nine. Um, yeah, you've got, uh, like, Jay Garrick, you've got Savitar in there, who I still find pretty intimidating, you've got, uh, Alchemy, who's still in there, you've got, um, I'm surprised that nothing bad happened at the end of this episode, they were really queuing up in a way of, you know, you've got the happy stuff with, um, Wally, and he's getting his suit for his Christmas present, and he's becoming the Kid Flash, you get, um, Jillian, is it Jillian? Julian? Julian? Yeah, Julian. Julian. He turns up, and he said, you know, being, uh, lonely at Christmas is lonely, and he turns up, and he has, they're all drinking eggnog, Joe gets a kiss off his, his, uh, person he's seeing, um, and then, of course, Barry and, um, Iris have the reveal of their flat. I, I was ex- I was half expecting like someone to turn up at the end and take someone hostage or prisoner, but it, yeah, it was a really nice end to the episode. Um, what did you think? Oh, it was a great episode. I think they call it present because they're referring to all the gifts given with Wally's okay. gift of the speedster suit and uh, Barry's gift of the new living arrangements and the gift of bringing uh, um, Julian into the fold of, you know, hey, I'm the Flash, uh, we need to work together, all that fun stuff. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nice. Um, just a moment. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's get into the recap. Barry asks Jay Garrick for help against Savitar. Uh, the two heroes locate and defeat Alchemy and return his weapon to its box, causing Savitar to disappear before he can kill Jay, which was obviously very good. Discovering uh, Julian to be Alchemy, Barry reveals his own identity to him to get further information, which was quite an interesting little scene. Uh, Julian... Julian? Sorry, Julian. I'm going to keep getting that name wrong. Uh, re- Relates how he located the Philosopher's um, Stone uh, following a vision of his dead sister and that he has been having blackouts ever since. These shows like to do blackout stuff like with um, Quentin Lance and a few other characters that it's definitely happened to. Yeah, these uh, these shows like to do that kind of stuff. Um, So what did you think of him saying that he's having blackouts and... uh, you know, this is the reason that he's been been doing this. Uh, I mean, it's okay. It kind of makes sense. I mean, they're definitely trying to pin him as not the bad guy. Um, I mean, that's kind of a a bit of a throwaway and a bit of just a reaction to the fact that his whole 
essentially acting career has been based on being the bad guy with all the years in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of gotten typecast as that, so they're trying really, really hard to not make him the bad guy. Uh, whether they continue that for the second half of the season, impossible to know. Obviously, we're finally to the point where you and I are caught up. Yeah, it's uh, going to be an podcast in terms of that, because, uh, yeah, we can kind of, you know, yeah, talk, talk about that way. Um, I wasn't the, the biggest fan of the actual fight scene between uh, Jay Garrick and Savitar. It just looked way too 90s CGI fake. Yeah, it was a bit odd. Um, and every time Jay hit something, he made like a hurt kind of noise or something like that. It was like, all right, you don't have to do that every time. <laughs> Uh, but it, it was, it was fine. Um, yeah. have you, ever, have you ever heard of the, uh, voice acting game called sex or poop? No. It's basically a gag among people that do voice acting to where they just have to make grunting noises and it's a joke. Are you having sex or are you trying to poop? <laughs> so is that sex or is that poop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so following visions of his dead sister and that he has been having blackouts ever since, Savitar manifests through Cisco, poor Cisco, using a, using visions of Dante, uh, of course is Cisco's brother, and fights Barry and Wally, but, uh, manages to convince Cisco to close the box, sorry, Catelyn manages to, uh, convince Cisco to close the box, which... Uh, it was interesting in a way that they kept closing the box and, like, getting Savitar to disappear just before he stabbed someone. Like, it would have been a pretty fatal stab wound each time, like with, um, I think with Barry and with Jay and then with Barry and, um, and Wally. Wally. Yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. I I do wonder how, because I don't think Savitar's gone. There's no way you you just, like, literally throw him away, kind of. Because, like, they close the box and stuff and, um, you know, just throw him through the... What's it called? The time... The They basically threw him into the speed force. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think that they've gotten rid of him. Um, yeah, so Catelyn manages to convince Cisco to close the box again. Uh, the team communicates with Savitar through Julian, who um, claims that Barry in the future will imprison him. Um, he also says that one teammate will betray them, another will fall, and a third will suffer the fate worse, suffer a fate worse than death. This was a little exorcisty sort of thing, where, like, they put this mind kind of stuff on him. Cisco puts this device on his head, and then he, like, literally, if you like, like he puts uh, Julian in, Julian in this chair... And he's like, count down from 10. He's like, 10, and then he falls straight back. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was kind of funny. Um, and then, yeah, he, he basically starts talking as alchemy and says, like, all these different things will happen to you guys. And I was noting Barry, Barry was walking, slowly walking closer and closer. I was like, don't get too close to him. He might, like, although he's not dressed up as alchemy, he definitely might still do something. Um, but that didn't happen, of course. What do you think of the whole exorcist sort of thing it was an interesting scene i mean it definitely did a lot of foreshadowing especially towards the end of the episode 
yeah. of what happened there. Um, I mean, it's definitely a good scene in terms of you know setting up that there's two, basically two people. There's Julian, and there, then there's Alchemy, and the two aren't exactly the same people, at least consciously. So it does hint to that level of some co- subconscious uh, control that uh, Savitar seems to have over people. Hmm. Yeah, it's like a almost like a split personality sort of thing, in a way. Um, yeah, trying to end Savitar's threat, Barry and Jay throw the box into the Speed Force, uh, which I always like the kind of slow down run stuff in the show. I, I always think it's pretty cool. Um... Yeah, I, I want to talk about Cisco a bit more as well. I kind of, um, you can kind of feel for him. Obviously, he's been like manipulated by uh, Savitar and Alchemy into like opening this box and being like, you know, if you open this box, you'll see your brother again and all, all this kind of stuff. Uh, what, what did you think of Cisco in this episode? I felt bad for him because yeah. you know he's definitely gotten the short end of the flashpoint stick, and just having that manipulation on that level. I mean, who among us doesn't have a relative that's passed we'd love to see again? Yeah. I know for me, I definitely do. So it's just one of those things that it's kind of heartbreaking on that sense. Yeah. Uh, but it does show that he that Savitar can, you know, manipulate people past being the box being closed or whatever that box actually is. Because mm. yeah, I doubt it's just a straight-up box. Yeah, because Cisco says, like, he did all these tests on it and, like, nothing came up. So it's... uh. Obviously a special box. Um, But yeah, they throw the box into the Speed Force. In the process, Barry is thrown five months into the future and witnesses Savitar killing Iris. Um, And he, of course, watches a future version of himself attempt to save Iris, but failing to do so. Um, So what did you think of that? I I knew that obviously it wasn't going to be... This is Iris's death from the show. It's obviously a future thing, and it's... uh, you know, it's just like a warning to Barry, kind of. Well, I mean, it, it, it explains a few things. If you look, because they had that scene where he was looking at the future uh, newspaper and the article was no longer written by Iris, it was written by somebody else. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's assuming, is that he she's dead and he didn't save her. Mm. Um, and, of course, that whole scene with... Uh, Jay Garrick and Flash talking about this is why speedsters don't travel into the future because, you know, it's cause-effect thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, more scenes with John Wesley's ship is always fun, especially since he was the Flash in the 90s version of that TV show. Yeah. Yeah. It, he, he's a cool character to uh, to have around. Um, obviously, it depends once they get to this scene, because I imagine obviously it's going to come up again. What the reason is that Savitar has chosen Iris, why he's actually going to kill her and not just like imprison her, and uh, basically more, more, more of what the situation is. It'll be be quite interesting. Uh, so he kills Iris. Um, Jay advises Barry that the future is not fixed because uh, obviously he can still change can change the future, but you and you can kind of change the past as well, but not in a not in a good way. Uh, it's safer to change the future than to change the past because you know. Butterfly effect. Uh, Jay advises Barry that the future is not fixed. Uh, Wally is given his own kid flash uniform, which was very nice, of course. Uh, yeah, he like opens a slight bit of the box, and then he like you can see the happiness on his face. So I'm glad that they've chosen to do this because, of course, at the start of the season, when uh, Jesse has all the 
has her powers while he's kind of like beaten down and he's like wants to get involved and help and uh, this is finally his his chance it wasn't the smartest idea to run to savatar but barry needed some help and he was the only hmm, I, I guess they could have maybe used cisco with that as well like when uh when wally goes to fight um savatar well, you couldn't have used Cisco because Cisco was the one that was being manipulated into opening the box and letting Savitar out. Yeah. So he was still under that mind oh, manipulation. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of been the theme with the Flash TV show versus Arrow, where Flash is the only one that really has any kind of training or power or ability to affect things. Whereas with Arrow, you've got so many different characters mm. that are capable of doing things. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Because of course. In that way, Arrow has been around longer and it's had more time to have more characters and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's kind of dangerous for Catelyn to get involved as well because, of course, what her mother said to her, you know, if you keep using these powers, you'll end up doing worse. Well, I don't know if that. you uh, noticed it or not, but in the in the final scene where they're doing the gift exchange and everything, she is still wearing the uh, suppressor bracelets to keep yeah. her powers in check. Yeah. So it, is that like... Almost like a, um, a safety thing. Safety, you, know, uh, like, you know, like when you have a safety on a gun, kind of thing. I think it's, I think it's half that, half kind of a placebo effect. Where if she wears them, then she feels safer. I mean, I'm sure they do what they're supposed mm, to do you can't, and suppress like, her. Accidentally use her powers and stuff. Yeah. So it's like if she has like a long sleeve shirt on, she can like put the shirt over the bracelet, and it will just like kind of hide it even better like if she keeps looking down at her arm and sees that then she'll she'll keep thinking about it but uh yeah it's uh it's interesting for a character um so what do you think of uh wally finally getting his suit back kind of because in the first episode of flashpoint he kind of is already kissed the kid flash and stuff but this is his first like true kind of moment as receiving that uniform yeah, I did find it interesting that he basically went through the same process that the other Flashpoint characters went through, but he didn't really, or at least he hasn't hinted that he's gotten any of the memories back from Flashpoint, because the other characters, uh, you know, with the rival and with the, um, the one that I'm not remembering right now, they both kind of got their memories back, Yeah. whereas uh, Wally didn't. Hmm. Or at least hasn't indicated that he has yet. Yeah, should be should be interesting for his for his character. But it was a nice moment. Um, so he gets his kid flash uniform. Julian gets Barry. Sorry, Julian gets Barry. Uh, Barry's jog b- back for him. This is again when things started to build up, and I was like, I'm really expecting something bad to happen. Like Savatar will. I don't want to use this as an exaggeration because it's kind of happened before, but like jump through the window and like take someone. Because if you remember the, uh, what was his name? Grod? That Gorilla Grod? Yeah. Yeah, he like took the roof off, if I remember, and he took, uh, I can't remember who he took prisoner, but he took somebody. Um, so, yeah, it's not quite an exaggeration. And things like that have happened before. So, uh, I was kind of half expecting just something bad to happen. I didn't want it to, of course. It was a very nice episode, end to the episode, especially with the Iris and Barry moment. Uh, was you expecting anything bad to happen? Uh, not really, because the whole episode has kind of been giving them a break from that kind of thing. Plus, like you said, they've done it a lot. 
I am really glad that they didn't end the episode on Barry uh, just wallowing in self-pity because I'm kind of over that. Mm-hmm. He's done that way too much, and I think he's experienced too much to realize that, hey, everything can change. Might as well live in the present than worry about the past or the future. Yeah, yeah, it's good to it is good to have these uh, these nice moments, and everybody is basically there apart from our Wells and Jesse, that, but they're off yeah. in, uh, in Earth Two or is it Earth Three? Earth Two. Uh, I think it's Earth Two. Earth Two, yeah. Uh, too many Earths. Uh, and Barry rents a new apartment for himself as Iris, which is pretty huge. I have to say, um, I always talk to my parents and stuff about how uh, well, not always, but I talk to my parents about. Um, how much bigger like American houses and how much bigger your roads and streets and stuff are and like at first I was like this isn't just for Iris is it and then he was like no it's our it's our apartment I was like good it is at least like two of you um what do you think of, of this uh well I mean that is kind of a big apartment for two people to live in um as for the roads, you got to remember a lot of the there weren't a whole lot of early cities over here, yeah. Uh, until the colonialization happened, uh, and the street designs were, you know, the reason the streets are so small is they're designed to hinder trip move troop movement through invasions, and mm. you know over here that never really happened. There weren't ever really massive cities established outside of the Aztec colonies in the you know in South America, but up here in North America that never really happened. So roads were designed more, and buildings were designed more for, like, population and comfort and easeability and those things. Like, there was never any castles over here, and so there's never any of that kind of defense. So that's where a lot of the architecture comes into play, especially once you get out of the early stuff like, you know, New York, Virginia, places on the coast, and get into the Midwest. Everything is just wide open here. Yeah, I, I just remember when uh, when I went over to America. I think it was five years ago, something like that. Maybe way before that. But um, yeah, I just remember everything being being bigger, being prettier. Pretty fascinated by it. Um, that's that is the end of the episode. Um, there wasn't many many notes, but uh, yeah, it was a great episode, and I'm looking forward to seeing. Obviously, we're going to see Alchemy. We're going to see Savitar again. There was a third villain. I remember saying a couple of episodes ago that there was three villains. I can't remember the other the other one. Was it? Oh, was that when Mirror Man was in the episode? Am I thinking? You mean Mirror Master? Yeah, I mean that's possible. Yeah. Um. Um. I mean, he's pretty much been contained along with Top. Yeah. I guess is the other one. Yeah, I, I just remember there being three at one point. So. Yeah, pr- pretty awesome episode. I I liked it a lot. There's a lot of good, a uh, good, good uh, character stuff for like Cisco, and then of course the movement forward with uh, Barry and Iris, um, which is a house. Is it? It's still in the house, isn't it? It's just like the floor above. No, they're in a. They're basically in a loft that's over a building. For that, for that size and that space, um, there's been a trend the last few years over here to where they'll build like a building. It'll be like a normal business size building, and then they'll have apartments on top of that. So just imagine like a grocery store with like three or four floors above it, and that being apartment space. Right. Um, that's been a that's been a construction trend over here for about five years, and so given the size and the windows and the layout, that's basically what it looks like. Mm. And that would actually make sense if you go back to the start of season two with that uh, uh, wormhole—not the wormhole, but that uh, you know opening in the sky that 
opened up, there was a lot of destruction from that. Yeah. And so there'd be a lot of buildings being rebuilt. Mm-hmm. And whenever there's that much destruction, the rent and the, the cost of housing always goes down, which is not something you want to happen, but it's definitely something that people would take advantage of. So the, having that much space opened up is not outside the realm of possibilities. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, great episode. I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to when, when the show returns. So uh, anything else you want to say? Or should we move on to, to Arrow? Oh, we're going to go on to Arrow. Cool. All right, so this was for Arrow Season 5, Episode 9, uh, What We Leave Behind. I like this episode a lot. It was dark. Uh, there's some dark things that happen. There's some manipulation that happens. There's people that get injured. There's movements in people's relationships. There is a whole lot of stuff that happens. Uh, one thing that I surprisingly liked was the conversation between... Um, What's his name? Uh, Diggle and the other guy whose name I'm forgetting. He had the wild one. dog. Wild dog, yeah. Uh, yeah, I quite like the conversation of like Diggle saying, you know, I it's weird not to like have any memories of my son and all that sort of thing, and uh, uh, my daughter, sorry. And he's like sitting there playing with his with his son, and um, yeah, somebody somebody also pointed out. I listened to I quickly listened to some of a Arrow podcast, and they were pointing out that while he's playing with his uh, son, that he's got his like gun in his back pocket, but it is like secure and stuff. It's not like on the floor next to the toys, so it's uh, yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, what did, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was a really good episode. I mean, there was a couple of things that I saw coming a mile away. Just because they've been things, they've been uh, scenes and things that have been done before, uh, yeah. but it was still a very enjoyable episode. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this had a really good mixture of like a lot of action, a lot of good action as well. Uh, some interesting blend of like flashbacks and uh, some like nice character stuff as well. So uh, yeah, it, it was really good. <clears throat> um, so Prometheus obtains further intel about the team from Evelyn, because of course she's been working with Prometheus. Uh, although it doesn't seem like it's a healthy or a good relationship, he seems a bit more dominating. Yeah, that's a, that's a good word to use. Um, he then attacks and hospitalizes Curtis, uh, which when Prometheus throws the throwing star at Curtis, I was like, okay, it's it's skimmed Curtis's neck and it's cut some of it but where is the throwing star going because Curtis's uh, husband or boyfriend is right behind him but it obviously must have gone past him um yeah it's a nice mo- not nice but an interesting uh character kind of moment for Curtis to have like this fight with uh him and his like husband and Prometheus there and him saying you know don't hurt him but do whatever you want to me it was it was good for Curtis's character I felt uh, what, what did you think of this quick little fight scene? I think it was an interesting fight scene just because once you get further into the episode, it's clear what that scene was meant to do. It was meant to expose uh, Curtis's husband to the lifestyle mm. that he's actually been living mm. versus what they've said they've been living. You know, with him and Felicity doing the startup, thus the, all the late hours. So it's kind of exposing that to his husband. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, 
excuse me, injecting him with a, I can't read that, vaccine uh, developed by Justin Claiborne, a corrupt pharmaceutical manufacturer named on Oliver's former kill list. Flashbacks show that Oliver killed Claiborne after discovering that he financed a TB epidemic then raised the price on his drug to boost his company's profits, uh, which of course somebody bad would do that. Uh, when the team tracks down Prometheus, Evelyn reveals her true um, alliance and escapes with Prometheus. I'm glad that they didn't drag this out any longer than it needed to. I felt like it was a good episode for it to happen in, like a mid-season finale. If it had been like Evelyn attacks from a distance but doesn't reveal herself or something, it would have been, I thought, a lot more annoying. It's just good to have some of these reveals happen a bit earlier. Would you agree? Yeah, and that's always been an interesting point of contention because if you go back to the comics and the Young Justice TV uh, cartoon show, mm -hmm. uh, Artemis was actually Sportsmaster's daughter who was a bad guy but has yet to been in the Arrow or the DC verse as of yet. Um, just kind of a, your generic, you know, highly skilled, highly trained bad guy. No real, like, super, super powers just outside of his ability to train. Calls himself Sportsmaster because he uses, like, sporting gear and wears a hockey mask. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of a cool character. Um, not anything it doesn't look like they're going to bring into the season, but I was always curious where they were going to go with that, having a character established like that. So Yeah, yeah. I'm just glad that this Evelyn stuff is... A bit more out in the open. Well, not a bit more. It's fully revealed. Um, so, yeah, investigating Prometheus on his own. Um, just quickly, what did you think of the, like... They're using certain items to, like, blend to previous flashbacks, like the pen, and then you got the arrowhead, which transforms to, like, the Christmas tree decoration on the tree. What, what did you think of those kind of effects? I thought they were really cool. They were really cool. I mean, they make sense in the, the world they've established, and... Uh, they're good uses of the props. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, what, were there any others I can't think of? I'm sure there was. Nothing there, that there was things like uh, when when he's chasing down what we think is Prometheus. He, um, like when he's killing these certain people, he kills different people, but in exactly the same way. <laughs> like these people's bodies and arrows were laid out exactly the same as the the previous people, uh, which was kind of fun and interesting. Um, so, so what did you think of that, like the blending of, of old stuff? I mean, it's clear that they're going for a this is your life kind of a thing mm. with, you know, revealing what he did in the past and mirroring that in the future. Past that, it'll be interesting to see if they reveal who Prometheus actually is because yeah. they've still yet to actually officially yeah. do that. Now that we're caught up with the each other episode wise who do you think it is at this point i don't know there is a couple of videos that i've seen on youtube talking about how it's probably not the son of the guy that was doing all the the tb vaccine I, I shenanigans yeah. and the major theory around that is that you know prometheus was watching billy get that photo and send it he could have stopped him at any time could have stopped him before he sent the photo but he let him do that so it's yeah. another misdirect yeah um uh, earlier in the season i had feelings that maybe somebody like malcolm berlin it was maybe possible because he's a bit like 
of an anti-hero kind of Oliver's version of the Joker almost. Like you never quite know what he's he's doing until he turns up in this week's Legends. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think it could be Deathstroke? Because I don't remember Deathstroke dying. I uh, Deathstroke he... is still on the uh, island. The island, yeah. Uh, he, he could have escaped in time, and he's still got all his learning abilities. He still remembers how to fight. So, and it's yeah. a similar character with like swords and bow and arrows and stuff. So, it's possible. I think it'd be a bit of a weak tea if they did it, but I mean, it's possible. Um, maybe some different version of Oliver. Nah, I don't see time travel really bringing no. into that. Okay. Anybody else? You think? Uh, I'm guessing it's just going to be somebody new. Yeah, and then maybe they'll explain it in a, in a different flashback. So uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see. Um, so what was I here? Then raised uh, the price on his company's profits. When the team tracks down Prometheus, we've got to that a bit. Um, investigating Prometheus on his own, Billy sends information he discovers to Felicity just before the villain captures him, which was the thing that you just spoke about. Uh, the information turns out to be about Claiborne's illegitimate son, who may now be seeking uh, retribution. Um, Oliver deduces that Prometheus is at Claiborne's former office building and goes there alone and has some pretty awesome fight scenes. I did like the fight scenes leading up to, to what happens at the, at the end. Uh, he finds that Prometheus has staged it to resemble Oliver's prior attack which of course we spoke about in terms of the previous flashbacks. Oliver kills Prometheus, um, and at this point I thought that kill was a bit too easy. Like, Prometheus stood still for a little too long, and then just got shot three times. So I had some suspicions from that exact moment. Uh, Only to discover that he has actually killed uh, a gagged Billy, who the real Prometheus set up as himself to trick Oliver. So what did you think of that? That was a pretty a sad reveal when he, like, Oliver couldn't have done anything about it. Like, it's just a bad accident, really. Well, that's one of those things that, that's what I was referring to before when I said I saw it coming a mile away. Because if you go back earlier in the episode, when that one cop is having the discussion with Oliver as the mayor, asking, you know, to take the... Say basically uh, give them the the kill on sight order for Prometheus because of all the cops that he's killed, and Oliver just says okay. My first thought was, well, what if they disguise the captured cop as Prometheus, and then you know, lo and behold, that happens. And that's kind of the the downside of me being me is that I've consumed so much media and I've seen that play out on at least three different TV shows that I vaguely kind of remember seeing that up before yeah uh as a as a ploy both for the good guys and the bad guys doing that you know disguising somebody pretending that you know there's somebody else i i just thought coming a mile away okay so it really didn't, didn't have didn't, that when he get, when he talked about the shoot on site thing i didn't really think about it at that point um but yeah, it's an interesting interesting thought uh so yeah, Oliver kills. Sorry, where am I? Uh, who? Uh, yeah, to trick Oliver. Curtis's husband Paul leaves him after discovering Curtis is a vigilante. Um, so, what did you think of the whole like 
you either stop doing this or I leave you kind of thing. Uh, I mean, I think it made sense with the way they've developed the characters, with his husband being uh, kind of the protective sort and not wanting... I mean, nobody wants to see their, you know, their, their whoever they're married to get hurt. And anyway, I got to imagine that if you're married to a cop, that's probably the most stressful thing ever. And then amp yeah. that up a few times, being married to somebody that's a vigilante. Mm. I did find it interesting that when uh, Curtis and Oliver were having that exchange in the hospital, and Curtis says that he knew who I was, and then Oliver said he knows you're Mr. Terrific. That's the first time I've ever heard that character specifically named Mr. Terrific. And I really wish that up until that point they had done some kind of scene, not even a whole episode, just a scene explaining how he gets to that point and why he chose that outfit. Because that's not a character that many people are familiar with, and I really needed more explanation onto it. I mean, you can always go online and go onto the DC wiki and find out about the character, but it gives you just, Mm. you know, the basic oh, he was this character, then he was this character, and this is the basic backstory. I kind of want to find out how Curtis creates this character. And they don't. And it's really kind of been frustrating because this is a character that I don't know a whole lot about. And I got to imagine that a lot of people don't know a whole lot about. And just to have that as a throwaway line of Mm. naming him without the explanation of why you're naming him. Yeah. I mean, when you think about how how many scenes they had where Felicity was making, you know, snide kind of side comments about how she doesn't have a code name. And then they finally give her one, and then she's so proud of it, and she yeah. uses it a lot, and it's come up a few times, and the fact that they're not doing that with Curtis is just kind of strange. What did they call Felicity again? Because they made the Overwatch. Joke. Overwatch. Oh, Overwatch. Heard that before. Um, yeah, because they made the Oracle joke and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> see, I, I, when he said that to him, I was like... I felt like Curtis was in a position where he could leave the team and be with his husband and feel okay and then we could have weaved him in the story after but then you would have had Curtis not in the show as much which of course some Mm -hmm. people wouldn't have liked because uh, I've heard that a lot of people like his character and I do as well I mean he's a good character I I enjoy him immensely when he's on screen because he's kind of that dry wit that's been missing from the show Mm. yeah that little kind of sprinkle of humour that yeah this show Needs out of the rest of them, so uh, yeah, I, I agree on that front. Um, but yeah, I just thought Curtis was in a position where he could he could leave Team Arrow, whatever they're called now, uh, and still feel kind of okay. Like you have the thing in I'm going to compare this to 24, where Jack in the eighth season um, sort of says like, you know, I'm I'm done with this, I'm retired, and he actually spends some time with. Um, I won't go into too much spoiler territory, but he spends some more time with some of his family characters, and it doesn't feel quite as... It feels more out of place than if Curtis was to leave, because Jack's like this... You know, he kind of, he kind of works on his own in a way, and uh, if if Jack was to stay out of the action, he would feel worse than what I feel Curtis would, because I feel like Curtis would feel that Team Arrow would be able to handle it. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, that's kind of how I felt. Um, Felicity mourns Billy's death, of course. Uh, anybody that you would, you know, form a, any kind of relationship with or friendship with, you would feel upset if they died. 
Uh, Diggle is recaptured, which was pretty shocking. He's like, um, did he get a phone call or something? Of some, someone saying, you know, you have to come home immediately. There's a problem with, with your son. Yeah, he basically got a phone call from what appeared to be his wife. Saying yeah. that the safe house was compromised and that his son was in danger. So obviously that's why he drops everything and runs off. Mm. Uh, who captures him? We're not exactly sure. We would have to assume it's Argus. But, uh, you know, we don't have 100% confirmation on that. Yeah, that's one of the kind of cliffhangers for next season. I, I don't think Curtis, uh, Curtis, I don't think that Diggle is going to die. Because um, obviously he's got like 10 guns aimed at him. But I think it's just to hold in there until somebody comes to speak to him. Yeah, it's a capture thing, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so he's captured, or recaptured, and Oliver finds what seems to be Laurel Lance alive and well. Inside the lair, she turns around and says, Hey, Ollie. Pretty big reveal. Um, It did shock me in a way, uh, but... It also isn't a surprise in terms of they said that Katie Cassidy was going to be a season regular, which at this point isn't a season regular because she's been in just this one episode. Uh, and well, two week. if you count yeah. the uh, dream sequence. Yeah, and last week's as well. But I imagine she'll be in ne- in next half seasons uh, quite a lot. And I think in other shows as well, I think she's going to turn up on like all four of the other ones. Yeah, the other three. Uh, it's hard telling. I mean... It makes sense I mean, for Supergirl. See- yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously she's not going to turn up for Supergirl because she has no real established, and she was technically dead when they did the crossover on that Earth. Yeah. So there would be no reason for her to be on that show. Uh, it would be interesting if she was on Flash just because when they did the, the previous crossover in the season one, a flash in season three of Arrow, mm-hmm. and then Cisco kind of had that fanboy moment with her where he asked for her picture, and they're like, you know, he's got that picture of them together as, uh, you know, him just nerding out being with uh, Black Canary. Yeah, that would be funny. I don't think it would have the same impact, but it would be funny for me. Mm. And, and then on really like Black Siren history as well, it would be interesting. Yeah, and then obviously with uh, Sarah being on Legends. That would be a huge thing, especially with the character they added, the villain character they added to Legends this week. So, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, really good episode of of Arrow. I, I was quite impressed with it. Um, all the Prometheus stuff, all the stuff with um, Curtis, and everything else that happened. It was it was really good. Um, anything else you want to say? No, we can move on to Legends. Um, so this week's episode of Legends Tomorrow was Season 2, Episode 8, called The Chicago Way. Uh, Eobard, Thorne, Damien Dark, and Malcolm Merlin. Malcolm Merlin's finally back. Arrive in Chicago, uh, 1927, and ally with Al Capone, learning of the aberration, the Legends arrive and manage to keep Capone from murdering Elliot Ness. Ness is critically injured, so the team decides to obtain vital information on Capone's operation to secure history. Uh, so yeah, it, I kind of like this whole like triple villain team up kind of thing between these these three characters. Like I said earlier in, I think in Legends, I said this earlier in the season that I like the whole Earboard and Damien Damien Dark thing. So to put Malcolm Merlin in there as well is uh, 
is pretty cool. He's definitely the more hero of the three, because the two have done some pretty bad stuff, um, like kill Laura Lance and and uh, Barry's mother. So what do you think of the, the team-up? I think it's cool. I mean, he's definitely embracing his mental role as the villain now. I definitely wouldn't call him a hero. He's not, you know, wah-ha-ha. More, more a heroic character than, than the other two. So, yeah, kinda. Yeah. I mean, he's still a pretty bad dude, and has still done a, a lot of pretty bad stuff. But definitely, yeah. they're they're definitely assembling a team to go against the legends, and he's a fun addition, just because he does have that history with Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Eobard uh, has John Barrowman. Yep. Oh yeah, you gotta love more John Barrowman. Definitely, but you know, yeah. you've got one villain from Flash, and now you get two villains from Arrow. Uh, so. You know, it's interesting to where to see where they're going to go with that. It's kind of like an organized force for doing all the time travel stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, Ness is quickly injured, so his team. Yep, yeah, we read that. Meanwhile, Mick begins having hallucinations of Smart, so more more hallucinations of of characters that aren't there. Uh, it was good to see him back though. I, I kind of like him. He, he's cool. Um, who? Belates him for acting like his teammates, um, Snart and Martin. So, what do you think of Snart being back? Well, kind of being back. I think I thought it was cool. It was a little bit, you know, what's going on at first, and then it became pretty clear that it was just, you know, his brain uh, messing with him. But Wentworth Miller is always fun in that role. He kind of enjoys being the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um. I do think it's an interesting character development with uh, Dominic Purcell being uh, Heatwave. They're definitely moving him more into an interesting character, one that I kind of want to find out about, and less just like yeah. the growling shaved bear. One drinks a lot as well. Yeah. Because he was drinking almost in every scene this episode. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they, he tells him about acting like his teammates. Sarah and Martin are abducted by Eobard. During their infiltration and raid on Capone's uh, club, Malcolm offers Sarah a chance to change her past in return for the amulet she took from Dark in 1987, but she refuses. Uh, The team rescues the captives, but Martin turns out to be a um, disguised earbud who searches the wave rider at super speed for the amulet while malcolm attacks the ship directly so this is when they they kind of go into the ship and start attacking people um and also when uh yeah also when earbud takes the form of uh martin mm-hmm. yeah what did you think of that that was a little strange that was a nod back to season one of The Flash when they revealed how Eobard Thawne became uh, Harrison Wells and that device that basically sucked out his DNA and killed him and changed him into something else. That's why he had that line of, this normally would kill you, but it's been modified, I think. Hmm. So that was kind of a nod to that. Yeah, and it was it was funny to see... Uh... Martin kind of be a, a more cagey character because he's actually like obviously disguised as Earboard or Earboard mm-hmm. disguised as him. Um, you right there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So 
it, it was interesting for him to make that disguise and um when uh when citizen still comes around the corner and is talking to sarah and he's like you know uh was, did he say jefferson needs your help with the ship someone needs like your help with the ship or to talk to you about ship stuff yeah like, and he was, was like, being real cagey and when you say ship it. stuff it's like that gives it away a little bit uh but yeah he had to he had to come up with some excuse and then of course he reveals himself to be earboard um so kind of interesting and kind of you know yeah, it was cool uh, the team rescues captive, but Martin turns out to be disguised as Earbod, who searches the Wave Rider at super speed. We read that part, but Sarah surrenders the amulet. Uh, Earbod barely escapes revenge at Amaya's hand because she kind of he kind of manipulates her. He says about like was it Ray and that, and uh, what was it? What was that guy's name again? Was it Ray? Or am I getting uh, no, it was him and uh, Heat Wave. It was her yeah. and Heatwave the that guy had that him Earbot captured. Was, was talking about. I know who he was. I can't remember his name, unfortunately. Because yeah. um, w- when he killed the other guy in in the uh, in the premiere, um, uh, our man or something like that. I think so. Yeah, at his hands. Um, but Sarah surrenders the amulet for Martin's safety. The legends succeed in correcting the timeline. By the way, I did like the. Did they call it the speedster gun? I did like that. Like earbuds running through the ship, and then uh, Jefferson shoots him with with the gun, and he just like pathetically kind of goes flying through the air. Like he thinks he's this like badass that's taking over the ship, and he ends up getting uh, stunned. It doesn't like dismantle him or anything like that. And then you have the kind of cool scene with uh, Jefferson, and he's like, "When are you gonna do it or like do it now?" And he's like. And Earbud's kind of like, you're, you're kind of eager to die. He's like, I'm not talking to you. I was expecting Earbud to like look behind him. And I was like, what is Jefferson doing? And then, um, yeah. And then, uh, Ray's like on his shoulder, which was pretty cool as well. Uh, so what did you think of that little scene? I thought it was good. I mean, it's definitely, you would think with a, you know, being a ship from the future that can time travel, they would have a way to deal with, uh, speedsters. And obviously with the, uh, reveal a few episodes back where they had older Barry saying that you can't trust me with a few things there yeah. would be a way to stop him and obviously that would apply to Eobard as well so mm. um so Eobard barely escapes at revenge revenge at Maya's hand but Sarah well this is the amulet for my safety the legends succeed in correcting the timeline Eobard later shows his partners that the completed amulet project um, a holographic map that can locate the Spear of Destiny, which is able to rewrite reality itself. Uh, they must next locate locate Rip Hunter. So it was pretty cool in a villain's way, not in a good way, that they found this kind of amulet and they're like all standing there and then it's kind of... Slight, slight spoilers for Civil War, but it's almost like when Spider-Man uses that projector thing in Civil War. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so it was a bit like that. It was kind. Of, it was kind of cool. Uh, so they must locate Rip Hunter, which we've not heard any mention of or seen since episode one or two of this season, like pretty mm-hmm. early on. Who is revealed to be working as a movie director in 1967, Los Angeles, or two with him? Because he's kind of Bang. running, and then there's like another version who's the director, and then Rip is. Also, the actor. 
No, he, he's the director. He just found an actor that looks like him. As near oh, as I can tell, right. what that scene was was just basically his version of like sending up a signal flare. Uh, because obviously you can't, you know, take out a, you know, newspaper ad say, "Hey, time traveler trapped here," but he's basically making a movie about his life and adding that into the history books as a way of getting attention from the legends to track him down, making it making it easier to find him without actually saying, "Hey, I'm here," because he is still, you know, a time lord, a time uh, master, mm. and he is still trying to keep history relatively unchanged and so making a movie version of himself is probably his the easiest way for him to do that yeah yeah uh so so what did you think of this it was pretty interesting pretty cool it was an interesting i have to wait for where it goes uh next half of the season yeah it was an interesting end cap the one i liked actually more was the final scene with uh dominic purcell and wentworth miller where after Amaya gives him the stolen bottle of whiskey, and he's like, "Yeah, you're just doing this, you know, for cheap booze and a kiss from the lady. Why are you doing this?" And yeah. then he basically dismisses him and gets him gone out of his head, saying, "Because then I'd be dead like you." So I do like the the change in character that they're making for him. Uh, like I said earlier, previously he's just kind of been this grunty, shaved bear kind of a guy. <laughs> yeah, and they're they're definitely moving him more now towards being an interesting character. Which is always good. So we'll see where they go from there with that. Yeah, I'm starting to find him more interesting. Um, his character specifically. Uh, so yeah, that's the kind of mid-season finales for these shows. Of course, we kind of had Supergirls uh, last week because there was no no episode uh, 9. Mm. Um, so yeah, any predictions for any of these shows? Uh... No real predictions. All three of them, you know, Flash, Arrow, and uh, Legends, all had interesting, you know, mid-season break-in cliffhangers, and I'm really curious to see where they're going. Uh, Supergirl's been kind of falling by the wayside. I really do hope that it picks up. Yeah. Because, you know, she's also been, you know, kind of a light, sunny character like Flash was originally versus, you know, the dark broody that is uh, Arrow. And... Legends has has been kind of neutral this season in terms of it. I mean, obviously the first season had, you know, Vandal Savage and that whole recruitment and that whole guiding path through that whole first season, yeah. and they really haven't had a, a defined guiding cause for the second season. So the tone has been pretty neutral. Uh, you know, I just can't wait for them to come back. But you know, it's going to be January twenty fifth over here when they do come back. So that is mm-hmm. quite a long time to wait. So yeah, it's uh mid-season break mm-hmm. um do you have any death predictions at all i know not a lot of characters die in these shows yeah uh, uh for flash if i had to guess which one would fall probably wally just because he seems at least his character has been rather reckless and rather too eager to prove and too okay. eager to please yeah so if i had to pick one out of the group it'd probably be him uh, and that would be an easy enough scene to change with Savitar, change it from, you know, Iris being up there and getting <laughs> skewered to change <laughs> yeah. it to uh, Wally getting caught trying to do something to stop Savitar mm. catching him and then just <laughs> skewered. Because they already did that in episode one of him getting impaled by uh, the rival. Mm. Yeah. So that would be kind of a, a way to close that loop, as it were. 
I feel like they could kill off this version of Wells because they have the other versions that they can bring yeah, in. Yeah, but that, that really wouldn't have that impact because yeah. nobody's really been that big of a fan of him outside of Wally. Mm. Um, and him being just kind of like the, the huckster, uh, you know, face man and not being actually a scientist. He's just there to, you know, make quips and suck down coffee. So yeah. if they did kill off that character, it really wouldn't affect a whole lot. The only other person I can see dying dying is uh, Jillian. I can't see, like, Cisco or Catelyn or Barry, obviously not Barry, or Iris or Joe dying. I know that takes out a lot of characters that couldn't die. Yeah. But... Joe possibly. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't count on it just because he has been, you know, such a fun character and such a staple for the show. But they did kill off one version of uh, John Wesley's ship, and they obviously did kill off his Barry's mother at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, Joe's possible. It's not likely, but it's possible. But if I mean, if I had to put money down, I'd probably put it on Wally. Mm. Um. What about for for the other shows? I, I think in Arrow, any of the new team. Yeah. Honestly, it'd probably be somebody attached to the team, like Curtis's husband would be my guess, mm. as a first choice, just to, to screw with uh, Oliver. Um, maybe uh, Felicity's mom, just because they kind of wrote her off this season, because she was initially hooking up with uh, uh, Detective Lance towards yeah. the end of the last season, and then they just kind of disappeared her. He's uh, on the half-potential list. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Quentin, uh, Quentin Lance, definitely a possibility. Uh, I don't think it'd be Diggle. I think he's still too big of a character. Maybe no, his I don't. wife, girlfriend? His, yeah, his wife. Possibly his wife, but she really hasn't, outside of... She really hasn't been in it this season. I mean, I think there was like, the one scene where they broke him out, and then there was the one scene in the crossover... But outside of that, she really hasn't been in that show. So if they're going to kill somebody off, it would have to be like a really motivating factor. Hmm. So yeah. Um, what about uh, Ragman? Uh, but possible, do, but not likely. Interesting things for Felicity's character, considering the yeah. whole uh, bomb and the whole like her boyfriend thing that would kind of add on top of that. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it for Arrow. Um. Legends, I don't know. Uh, it's really hard to tell with Legends. Um, yeah. I don't think it'd be Sarah. Uh, I don't think it'd be Rip. Hunter. Um, yeah, I don't Maybe know. Amaya. Maybe. Just because at, yeah. at some point she does have to um, give up the amulet. Uh, because they do have that online animated series called Vixen. Where it's, I think it's either her mother or her grandmother that that's supposed to be uh, time wise uh, chronologically it'd be more likely to be her grandmother that would have had the amulet yeah. that has the amulet so mm. uh, well, what about in Supergirl uh, I, they really haven't killed anybody off in Supergirl so I don't even see that as a possibility mm. what about um, Wynn uh, he's just they both. He is, he is getting a little bit pushed to the sidelines. Yeah, of, but then know. again, the whole DEO thing has been pushed to the sidelines for the most part. I mean, outside of its set dressing, they really haven't used it that much. Yeah. So, 
I, you know, they might kill somebody off, but that really hasn't been the tone of the show. Mm. I think the only person they killed off was her aunt in the first season. Yeah. And even that was not very impactful as an as a story arc went. No. I, I think Supergirl's going to focus more on building its characters rather than them killing them off. Yeah. Uh, especially, for, at least for this season. Um, Alright, anything else you want to say? Or should we uh, wrap it up for, for this half, for this year? Uh, we'll just wrap it up for the year, and then we obviously we won't be back until the shows start coming up again, so... Yep, so we'll, we'll we'll see you back when, when the shows return. Uh, this is the last podcast for the year um, in terms of entertainment talk because we've wrapped up TV, we've wrapped up The Walking Dead. That's had its mid-season finale. We did our Game Awards, we did our TV Awards. So if you haven't checked out any of those awards stuff, then uh, please feel free to do so. Um, mm. I'm going to put out an, maybe like a little Christmas video just saying thanks to people who have followed and that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll maybe see if I can do that tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, it won't. It won't take too long. So I'll, I'll see if I can uh, get that done. Um, but in the meantime, in the Christmas break, if you have any reviews you'd like us to do, um, or if you'd like to just support us for a dollar a month, you can go to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk um, and redeem as many rewards as you want as you're for your choosing. Um, or you can just support us for a dollar a month, as I've just said. Uh, so that's entertainment. That's patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. If you'd like to just check out all the other stuff on the website, it's entertainmenttalk.org. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter uh, for posts and for updates and stuff like that, it's at eTalkUK. If you have any inquiries, any feedback, because uh, although I won't be producing any content for the website over the next couple of weeks, I will still answer to tweets and emails and stuff like that. So um, you can still send those in. Uh, your emails you can send to entertainmenttalk at hotsmile.com thanks for listening this year guys for the these podcasts it's uh it's been interesting it's been fun as well so uh thanks for listening and thank you robert for for joining me as well oh um, always been a good uh great companion for, for these podcasts for the tv and for xbox and for uh for dc as well so thanks as well for joining uh um, oh, good you know merry christmas happy hanukkah whatever you celebrate have a good uh holiday thanks you too so yeah, we'll see you in the new year. Thanks for listening to all our content or reading articles or watching videos or whatever you've discovered this year from us. Thanks for listening and we'll be back in the new year. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.